TV with awe and fascination. In 1975, there was a reporter named Jack Needleman who recovered or who covered the night launch of Apollo 17. As the countdown ended for the 35-story Atlas rocket to blast off into space, the reporters were all but blinded by this incredible, extraordinary, bright orange light. The light was so bright, they said you couldn't even look at it. It illuminated everything in the area. And then seconds later, as the sound waves arrived, there was this a cataclysmic and this mighty and then the rocket began to take off into space. He said you could practically hear their jaws dropping. And as that rocket traveled higher and then higher still, that first stage ignited and this spectacular blue flame lit up the sky. And then it seemed to vanish into the depths of space. The press corps was completely silent. Their eyes were bright. Their mouth was wide open, and their faces were illuminated with sheer wonder. But as with anything, no matter how significant it may be, over time, the wonder began to decrease, and the awe began to fade away. Many times... You and I also lose our wonder. We lose that awe and that amazement of things that are far more powerful than we are. And it seems that we become so familiar with some things of God that the amazement just fades away. I read about a 90-year-old faithful Christian who was asked, how in the world do you continue to do all that you do for Jesus? And here's what he said. I never lost the wonder of it all. It was Albert Einstein who once said, he who no longer pauses to wonder is as good as dead. Friends, today, I want you and I to see if we've lost the wonder of Christ's birth. And if we have, I want to help us get it back. Amen? With that being said, on page 905 in the Bibles in front of you, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to share with you a bit of the narrative of the birth of Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, the scriptures tell us, now there were in the same country shepherds. Shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And get this, the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you in this day, in the city of David, a Savior. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You'll find a babe. A babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now into Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. What was it they were told them? That, in this, that they were born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So they made that widely known. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. My friend, have you lost your wonder? Have you lost the wonder of Christmas? You see, even at Christmas, if we're not careful, we can become too stressed out. If we're not careful, we can become too much of a Scrooge. If we're not careful, we can become more concerned with counting dollars and counting calories, and we can miss the wonder of it all. All together. If we're not careful, friend, we will reduce Christmas to an elaborate fable about somebody living in the North Pole. And by your actions, you will write Jesus right out of the story. Friend, if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in the commercialization of Christmas that if somebody was watching you who had never heard of Jesus... The message would never get to them, even if they tried. I've heard many people say, man, it just don't seem like Christmas. Well, I wonder why. Why doesn't it seem like Christmas? Is it because of the coronavirus? Is it because of the political climate in our nation? Is it because of the division in our country? Is it because of the rat race, the obligations, and the responsibilities? Is it because the newness and the freshness has worn off? Is it because there's no longer any mystery in Christmas? There's no longer a thrill because we're grown up. Is it because there's no longer any wonder? Friend, I'm praying that today you and I will see Christmas 
through the eyes of a child this season. I'm praying that you and I will look at Christmas again as though you were seeing it for the very first time. See the lights. The beautiful blue Christmas lights. That's my favorite, amen. I love that Christmas blue. See the lights, friend. See the decorations. And see them like you've never seen them before. Friend, I pray that you'll hear the music. That you'll hear the sounds of Christmas. That you'll hear those wonderful Christmas carols. But you'll hear them differently this year. I pray that you're going to tell the story. That wonderful story that you'll tell it on the mountain, amen. The wonderful story of the spectacular, magnificent birth of Jesus Christ. And you'll tell it like it's the first time you ever told it. And I'm praying that you'll let this Christmas reawaken your wonder. I pray you'll let this Christmas recapture the wonder of it all. But how do we do it? Well, first of all, I think that, like we always do, we have to grasp the wonder of the first Christmas. That's how we do it. You see, the first Christmas was filled with wonder. It was full of surprises. That first Christmas had all kinds of unexpected twists and turns. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to think with me. Think back with me to all those incredibly astonishing events that were unfolding in that first Christmas. First of all, you got a, you got a guy named Joseph. A guy named Joseph who chose to stay with his, his fiance, who miraculously comes up pregnant. She's pregnant with a child who's not his. I mean, who would have faulted him if he had said, that's it, I'm divorcing you. Does that sound a little strange to you? That he would stay with her? And then we have Mary, the, the fiance, who is a young girl who was pregnant, but she's a virgin. Wait, what? Bella always trips me out when she says, wait, what? <laughs> that's what I'm saying about that. Do you understand the meaning of that statement, y'all? Do you understand that Mary had a child in her womb, but she had never had sexual relations? What is up with that? Do you see the fascination in that event? The Virgin Mary gave birth to a child. I mean, of all the earthly events known to man, none is more wonder-filled than the birth of a child. It's enough to make grown men cry. That is, if they don't pass out first. Amen? It reminds me of my beloved brother. All six foot three, 240 pounds. He's the man's man. But in his first picture, with my newborn nephew, he's got a black eye. And I said, man, D must have really put it to you. But no, what happened? He passed out, and he hit his eye on the leg of the IV stand. Amen? But they jostled him and got him awake, and he was able to take pictures with his newborn son, my nephew. And then there was the baby himself. The innocence of a new life strikes emotions in us like nothing else. I mean, 
Babies make perfectly mature adults say the silliest things. Babies make perfectly mature adults make the most unusual sounds like, Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. I mean, what language is that, right? <laughs> wow. And then there were the angels. There were the angels that visited the shepherds. And these heavenly beings announced the birth of God's son to these mere mortals taking care of livestock. What is up with that? And then there's those shepherds. Those shepherds who drop everything to run and check out the news that this baby has been born to a virgin. Right? And that they would find this baby in a feeding trough. And that this baby, the angel claimed, was God. I mean, come on, get real, right? Finally, the fact that God came. The fact that God came to earth as a human being. Consider this. Divinity amongst humanity. Godliness amongst humanness. Does that not blow your mind? That God was alive now in flesh? I mean, friends, is there any wonder that after witnessing these unusual events that these shepherds, they just can't stop talking about it? It's a spectacular event. But I want you to notice what Luke wrote in verse 17. He wrote that when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. That this child be born to you in the city of David. And he'd be a savior who is Christ the Lord. What'd they do? Those shepherds picked up right where the angels left off. I mean, would you in their shoes made that news widely known? Or should I say... Do you make that news widely known? I mean, doesn't everybody like talking about babies being born? Amen, Brother Mike? Amen. Ain't that right, Colton? We love talking about babies being born, right? These shepherds spoke to everybody they knew. They spoke to everyone about what they had just witnessed. It was just too fascinating. It was just too wonderful. Full to keep to themselves. And then I wonder, well, how did those people respond? How did the people that the shepherds were testifying to, how did they respond? Well, Luke 2.18 shows us how those who heard this news responded. And what I want to do today is I want you to listen to how some different translations record their reactions. Same verse, different translations. The first one is, And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. All who heard these sheep herders were impressed. All who heard it were astonished at what the shepherds said. And all who heard it were astounded at what the shepherds told them. And everybody was surprised to hear the story that the shepherds told them. And all who heard it wondered 
at what was being told to them by the shepherds. And this one's my favorite. And all who heard it were filled with wonder at what the shepherds had told them. For all who witnessed it, their eyes were filled with light, their mouths were wide open, and their faces were lit with the sheer glory of God. Their wonder should be no surprise to you and I. It should be just like those witnesses of the Apollo 17 night launch. Their dark world had been overcome by the brilliance of an eternal light. Their silent night had been split by the glorious presence of God. The world of man had been invaded by the word of God. Amen. Listen to what verse 11 says. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The world of man had been invaded by the word of God. All of the hopes of all of the ages had been fulfilled in this one spectacular night. And nobody expected it to go down this way. It was a surprise. A surprise of all surprises. In fact, it was wonderful. And it was wonder filled. So where do we go from here? After we grasp the wonder of that first Christmas, what can you and I do? To recapture our wonder. Well, you reawaken your wonder of Christmas. I mean, would you like to experience that wonder that the shepherd experienced? Would you like your wonder to be reawakened today? What happened to these first witnesses of Christ's birth? Listen, it can happen to you. It can happen to you. How? Well, Wonder begins in the presence of God. Today you are, by your own choice, you've made yourself in the presence of God today. You should experience wonder. The shepherds had seen God. In verse 16, we read that they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe in the manger. They had seen God. They were in the very presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yes, he was a helpless, defenseless little infant. But he was also the incarnation of God himself. They had seen the light. They felt the glow. They heard the sounds. And the wonder of God had penetrated the core of their being. Friends, we need to see what they saw. We need to feel what they felt. We need to hear what they heard. The light. The vibrations, the sounds, they all need to penetrate who we are. But how do we do it? How do we revive that sense of wonder? How do we recapture that sense of wonder? How do we reawaken that sense of wonder of Christ's birth? Well, not only does wonder begin in the presence of God, we also know that wonder leads to the worship of God. And that's the only reason you're here today, is to worship God. Listen to what happened to the angels in verse 13. And suddenly there was with that angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, here's what they were doing, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace 
goodwill toward men. The shepherds saw it. They heard it. They actually reached into that manger and felt God. They were in his very presence. And what did they do? Once they came into his presence, verse 20 says, the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all that they'd seen and all that they had heard, just as the angel told them. Seeing the wonder of God led them to worship God. They discovered God, and then they delighted in God. There's a fellow named Thomas, Thomas Carlyle who said, Wonder is the basis of worship. Wonder is the basis of worship. You can't come face to face with the wonder of God and not worship Him. It'll drive you to your knees in worship. Not only is that concept absurd, but listen here, it's impossible. Just ask Moses, who encountered God atop Mount Sinai. What did he do? He worshipped. Just ask Elijah, after witnessing his wonderful acts on the top of Mount Carmel. What did Elijah do? He worshipped. Just ask Isaiah, who had that vision of God in the temple. What did it lead him to do? Just ask these shepherds after seeing this baby lying in a manger who was the Son of God, the Savior, Christ the Lord. What did they do? Glorified God for all they'd seen and all they'd heard. Friends, at Christmas, you and I meet the wonder of God. But we can't stay there. We can't stay there. Christmas is a great beginning. But at some point, you got to get Jesus out of the cradle and into your heart. At some point, you got to go from thinking about a baby to understanding that he is God wrapped in human flesh. At some point, you have got to move from wonder to worship. At some point, you've got to move beyond doubt and disbelief to celebration and salvation. At some point, you've got to read this story about the Christ child being born, knowing that it's true, knowing that it's wonderful, but you've got to go from just being charmed about it to being changed by it. At some point, friend, you've got to go beyond seeing the traditions of men and be transformed by the power of God. Friend, at some point, you've got to go beyond the admiration of this dear child and go to the adoration of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Friend, if you don't truly understand Christmas, you will find yourselves never worshiping God. Because everyone who truly understands what Christmas is all about will find themselves on their knees worshiping Almighty God for what He's done. And Christmas should be a time 
a time where every one of us snuggle up close to God. You ever snuggled up close to God before? There's no better place to be. Can I tell you that? We need to snuggle up close to God so that we can see and so that we can feel and so that we can hear God once again. It's a time. A time to be reminded that God is with us, y'all. He's with us. Even when the Lord Jesus Christ ascended to the right hand of God, do you know what he did? He left us with God in us. He left the Holy Spirit within us so that God is still with us. You see, we celebrate Christmas, friend, because we don't want to forget the wonder of God. So when you celebrate this year, I want to encourage you to celebrate the wonders that God has achieved in your life and in the lives of those around you. Does your wonder need to be reawakened? Does your wonder need to be recaptured? Does it need to be revived? Do you need to see Christmas again like it was the very first time you ever heard about it? If that's the case, I encourage you just to open your spiritual eyes. See the light. See Jesus Christ the light. Open your heart. Feel those emotions. Feel the love that God has for you. But also open your mind. Understand what the real meaning of Christmas is all about. That it's about God loving you so much that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal Understand the meaning of it all. Open your spiritual ears so that you can hear and see God piercing the darkness of your life and giving new life to your soul. Friends, if there's anything that I would pray for you this Christmas is that beginning today, you would recapture the wonder of it all. Because I know that wonder leads to worship. And I pray that we will worship the Lord Jesus Christ as we consider the miraculous events that took place during this time of year. You know, the biggest thing that we can do to worship God is to give our lives to God. To come and bow before Jesus Christ himself. Surrender our lives into his capable hands and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us in a way that can only be defined by God in us, God with us. So friend, if you don't have that experience, if you don't have that relationship with the Father, if you have no wonder, maybe you need to re-examine the relationship. I pray you'll do that this morning. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this extraordinary event. Father, we know that it would have been so easy just for you to do it. But Lord, you allowed us to see miracles and to read about miracles and by faith believe the miracles of this extraordinary birth. 